Um, we were finding bits of a uh, bone and toys being dug up around this one part of the yard, and I was wondering what was going on there. And one day, watching the cat, I found him digging up this one spot, and he was bringing out old chicken bones and bits of toys. And I thought absolutely nothing of it. I just thought, okay, that's where these random um, objects are coming from. December, I'm out in the yard. I could see this dog digging around in the in was the opposite dog? corner. Not my dog. <laughs> I don't have no, the no, neighbour's dog. dog. So the dog came into your yard. Yeah. Oh well, Is we don't have backyard. it. You've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. have any complete fences. They've all got holes, and then one so side is laying down. Fence. The yeah. Backyard. So it was in the backyard, in the back corner, opposite from where the cat was bringing this other stuff up. This dog just um kind of digging around this one area, and I didn't want the dog in my yard, so I kind of scooted off. Went to go see what it was fussing about. I could just see this metallic lid sticking out of the dirt. So I thought, well, that was interesting. So I started digging around. I could see it was joined to a jar. So then I tried to get it out. I've rocked it, try and loosen it, and it smashes in my hands. I've pulled out. The dirt's um, kind of caved in. But I could see there was uh, two two old bones in there. And just a little they were, bound. were they bound? They were. were. So, yeah. so what happens is I've started bringing this stuff out. And yeah, I've pulled out the bottom of the jar and in it were two bit, two toys, a, a Lego Duplo block, so the larger, chunkier Lego that the younger kids have. There was a rubber tire wheel in this bottom of this jar and two old bones. Now, I don't think, I thought they were chicken bones, but um, my partner thinks it might have been for something a bit bigger, maybe pig, something like that. I don't, human. I don't know. Probably not <laughs> human. I hope it's not human. And, and yeah, I just, I just thought it was interesting, but the, the bones were bound together and had a scrap of paper in them, and that was also interesting, so I've taken photos of it, I've uploaded it to, to the group, and you guys have said, that looks interesting, weird. I thought it was in- coincidental, because we, we were talking about curses and stuff like that at around that time. I put it up on Facebook, and people are speculating that some form of witch jar. Have you heard of a witch jar? No. No. So a witch jar is basically just a, a glass jar. Or it could be earthenware, it could be anything, and there are several items put in it. But basically what it is is a counter spell. So basically what you might do is bury these in each corner of your property if you think that you have been cursed or had a negative spell sign put on you, and that's meant to ward, okay. ward it off. So people think that I'm in trouble because I've smashed it. The thing is, I don't think this was anything to do with us because it was definitely in the ground before we moved in. So that's cool. just something. Have I've you been ever up put to. a curse on someone? No, I have not. I have. And <laughs> I'm <laughs> still sitting back watching it happen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so I don't know. I, I just thought that was something interesting. I put it up there, and, and it did get people people talking. But it's something I've done in the last week. Cool. No, no, well, no with the paper. <laughs> was there anything written on it? Well, when the jar first smashed, it was very damp inside, and I couldn't get to the paper properly, I had to let it dry out. But when I let it dry it out and opened it, it kind of crumbled. The only thing I can tell is it's white paper. There's, It's written in, it just looks like a red pen. Yeah. And there was either, I can't remember off the top of my head, either the, the letter A or F I could see on it. Okay. But that that's about all I could make out from the paper. You guys, cool. well, Brent, you've always got an interest. Have you come across anything like that? Yourself or any counter spells or anything, items in jars that are meant to do anything? Um, Well, when it comes to anything like that, it's all to do with the symbolism behind what's being done. And so I I certainly do know of uh, different things people might do to counter spells. Uh, And, you know, people can take a property type approach where you might Mm. be putting... uh, I, th- I think it's quartz crystals 
at the corners of your property. That's the, uh, that's what I forgot <clears> to mention. My, when I put it up, my partner Meg reminded me that in one corner where one of these um, collections of crap was, two really large quartz crystals were right in that direct vicinity. One was the size of a Coke can. Okay, that's pretty decent size, yeah. <laughs> which um, means someone probably paid a little, you know a little bit of money for. They've they've taken some serious effort to mm. do that, and then they've gone past using quartz crystals uh, to do something else as well. Um, and that's again whatever we don't know exactly what their symbolic gestures were behind that, but it certainly does seem that from what you say there, especially that it was defensive in nature. Mm. Could it be? I just had an idea. Okay. You know, the footsteps you hear in your house. Ah, oh, yeah. Could they have thought it was something paranormal? And they've oh, tried to ward it that off. That is true. When we first moved into my house, we had this strange phenomenon that we later were I've able heard to it. explain. You've heard it? I've heard it. Oh, excellent. It's pretty crazy. It's good that you've heard it. So when I first moved in, in my hallway, we've got wooden floorboards. And sometimes you just hear people run straight past your step real out, bam, bam, bam. You feel the floorboard shaking. It sounds like you're right in, like, whatever it is, is right in the hallway going right past you. When that was happening, I brought a psychic friend of mine into the house. This was before we found out what was actually causing this and said, oh, what do you think this is? And she didn't know what the footsteps necessarily were, but she did feel there was a young female presence in the house. But later on, we, we did find that if you're outside and the neighbours in their house were running along a certain part of their house, I don't know which room it is, it might have been a bedroom, it might have been a hallway, because both our homes are on stumps in the dirt, that sound directly translates the into our house. crazy. Like wow. the vibrations. It sounds like you're, it's happening right with you. So we're able to explain that way. But that is a good point. If the previous tenants were hearing the same things we were, the footsteps, maybe they were thinking something bad was in their house. Uh, do you know what the ironic part is? Um, if they thought that was the case and that it was a more of a haunting rather than a curse coming <clears throat> coming in from mm. elsewhere if they didn't do some type of cleansing of the house prior to putting the crystals and in, in etc in the different corners they could have actually been <clears throat> barricading something in so it would be uh, stuck on the property that is true like, like i said it was probably someone like going by what but what's possibly being suggested here? They're hearing the sounds. They've gone on the internet. They're looking for protection. Yeah. They've just found the first one they've come across. Had a crack at making it themselves, and yeah, that, that probably explains the whole thing away. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, no, it still makes it really interesting because there's, there's that whole someone thought something was happening, which which was natural, a well, sort of natural occurrence, and yeah, they may have. Um, well, it's made it's interesting. They went past the point of just putting crystals in the corners mm. and they've gone as far as using bones and children's items. Yeah. That's a little bit... People odd. say it's the children's toys that really confuse them. So. Oh, I find curses really interesting. And look, to an, I, to an extent, I, did, I didn't really believe that a few words and a bit of a ritual could impact on someone else's life. Yeah. But I guess doing it and seeing the impact, it works. <laughs> but, but you know what? What's really interesting is that, now, first of all, there's two impacts. It's the impact 
first on your own psychology. Yeah. The impact on your on yourself. You now, if you're putting a curse on someone and you feel that, you know, if, if someone's wronged you to the point that you're obsessing about it, you have that hatred towards them every day, you're angry constantly, can't get them out of your head. Well, if you symbolically destroy them, you're doing what uh, what's called uh, or is quite often called psychodrama, which is you are... Um, in your subconscious, you are destroying that person, so no longer does that person exist to you. So it doesn't matter if anything happens to them or not, because as far as your subconscious is concerned, and your subconscious absorbs symbolic gestures, that, that that's the first thing. It, it, it helps you because it helps you move past it. Yeah. You know? Now, so you've got the impact on yourself, and then there is the possibility, and some people believe there is a possibility, some not, of impact on the on the targeted person as well. Now, for, for you to say the words you've just said, spills that's pretty big words considering how sceptical you are yeah. about yeah. about everything. <laughs> that says a hell of a lot, and it's pretty. It's um, and therefore, I think it's also important to point out that it's not as simple as probably just doing a few words. It's important to have the right it's the intent behind intent, it yeah, the intent definitely. and the emotional you know really you're creating a symbol you're empowering that symbol um with uh, it, the the symbol is the intent and then you're empowering that with the emotion that you have regarding yeah. what you want to happen um and then in doing that the right way yeah well what, what do you I think is a bigger benefit, though? I guess it's a, a case-to-case scenario. <laughs> but say you wanted to curse someone, or mm-hmm. Spills wanted to curse someone. <laughs> so is, talking about curses. And... <laughs> yeah, but is, is the benefit... What's greater, the benefit that does to the self of that symbolic destroying and that person no longer having meaning to you, or the potential what can happen I to think the both. other party? I think both. Look, I think the initial intention is that symbolic... Um, that that symbolic getting rid of it, you know that that um, wiping them from your life yeah. sort of thing, and, and but then to see the impact it has after that is fucking awesome. <laughs> That's the and you can call it coincidence, and it's I don't I guess I does, does it matter if it's a coincidence if the oh, no, no, is the but so, I don't want to come across sounding like I'm a bad person at yeah, the same okay. time, but. Yeah. You know, there was fair. There was a fair bit of significance behind it. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't an argument, and I'm going to curse you. There was a fair bit of, you know. So, but just sitting back and watching it, I will add that you can still see the effects of those of curses happening, even when people are not aware of them happening. So it's always up to the uh, the person. To, doing the you know performing the curse do you let that person know you know is it going to cause them enough psychological terror what is it you're trying to do answering your question before ash you know which is more important the first or the, or the second part depends on what the circumstances are if it's just someone that's wronged you and you just need to move on with your life it's that first part and then when, if you do that first part correctly it doesn't matter what happens to that person afterwards mm. and it's when you've done that first part correctly that there might be the the, the chance for things well, to happen That's what I found interesting about it because that was the whole purpose in me doing it. It was my way of letting go sort of thing. Yeah. But then to see the after effects, I was like, holy fuck, that's yeah. pretty... And my point is if you didn't let it go, 
there would be no after effects. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, well, okay, here's a, a question. Say, I'm, I'm, this isn't really relevant, but I just want to, <laughs> for the sake of argument, say you curse someone and you, you know, you just thought, I just want to see if this works. You curse someone, you see the, you see the effects happening. Can you take that back or is it already out there too late? You're done. You know, I it's up to them to counter protect themselves. Can you know? Well, let's say in your situation, and let's say you, and I'm not suggesting you did, but you regret what you did. It, would there have been a way for him to just say that back? Say, oh shit, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I see that things are falling <laughs> apart for you. I didn't mean this. I don't mean this anymore. I take it back. Or is it already out there? Too too bad. Okay. Um, my opinion on this. So there is the chance that I could be wrong, um, is that when you undertake, whether it's a curse or any form of magic, you are changing the... Uh, in, in, in front of you exist a whole number of probabilities, but there is also the most likely probability of what is going to happen in your life and all the things around you. And so when you perform any type of magical act, you move that just ever so slightly or depending on how strong your abilities are, maybe you move it a bit more. And so once you put something out there, you have moved, you know, jumped from one rail line onto the one next to it, which just veers ever so slightly to get what it is you want. So once you've done it, it is out there. If you want to retract that, just mere regret is not going to mean jack shit. You would need to... <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, no, I agree. You, you would need to have... Okay, first of all, you mentioned that if you just wanted to test this out. Well, if you want to test it out, guess what? It's not going to have any effect because you haven't got the emotional intent. Try it on your neighbour's dog. No, no, no. no. (laughs) I I, I wouldn't curse someone myself. That was what would happen. My first first point is that the intent has to be real and the emotion behind and empowering the intent needs to be real. Mm. Uh, If it isn't, it's not going to do anything. But that means if you so if you do get the effect and start having that effect that you wanted, you would to counter that, you would need to also perform a symbolic act, aka magic or whatever you want to call it, with the same or greater level intent to move it back or to an alternative track again. Well, I've had everyone has people in their life that do shit rhyme, you know, and. It's not something, and, and looking back through my whole life, you know, you, you meet people, people come and go, and there's some shit people in this world. And it's not something I would do lightly. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Not willy-nilly, like, fuck yeah, you, you're Yeah, oh, fuck you. I'm <laughs> I, I've, you know, I've heard of people that will do that, that will do, like, an instantaneous curse, that they, you know, get cut off in traffic, <laughs> so is it, I'm sending you to fucking death. Yeah. But, but... To me, and, and look, it was a whole process, and it sounds weird talking about it, but it was a whole process of got like, you know, is it something I really want to do? <clears throat> Wait up, this person's done this, this and this, fuck them. You know, and, and a lot of people in our life make us feel that way. But it got to the point where I was like, nah, fuck it. You know, and and look, it was pretty intense. I'll tell you now. And you emotional. had no idea if it was going to work. Like, what... You- you're going into this to me it was more of a like, like Brett was saying it was more of a symbolic thing of me letting go like fuck you because you, you know, the thing is because it's a, a symbolic thing you know it you know it it's not that you know it's going to work or don't know if it's going to work you know that it has worked that's the only way that you can convince your subconscious that the that reality has changed 
And that's what it's about, convincing your subconscious. So it's not convincing yourself that it's going to work. It's you've done the ritual. It's, it's worked. worked. That's right. And therefore yeah. it doesn't... It's in motion. It's, and you know what? You know, this is the interesting thing and it sounds really weird. But when I, when I finish the ritual, probably three or four days later... I woke up in the morning and something in my head just went click. It's fucking happened. It's worked. I knew straight away. It sounds you really felt weird. That change from that right straight one straight away. To the other. Yeah, it was like a shift in energy. It was weird. It was really weird. It's a it's a shift in reality, and you can link if you want to delve into the scientific side of what's happening, and you go to the quantum physics side. You can look at the um, the. Uh, the lights, the double slit light experiment. How you know is it? Is it a you know photon? Is it a a, um, a wave? Is it a particle and or a wave? Is it a particle or a wave? And um, and it only it, it it behaves as both until it's observed. So therefore, there are multiple probabilities or possibilities that it could be until you observe. And so, until that time, you can therefore potentially affect what that future is. And I think Spills gave an excellent explanation of the pr- process he went through, before, you know, in deciding whether to go ahead, and that really and underpins even, what happened. Even to the point where, like, you know, I researched on the internet curses and hexes and all that sort of thing, and and you know, started finding um, verses and and you know, and then it was a friend of mine who who has a fair bit of interest in this area that led me in the direction um and it, yeah it was pretty sounds like a fucking awesome friend you have <laughs> if i do say so myself um oh well, okay yeah. okay so like you said like you, you've done the curse and it's happening you see things happening there's obviously no way you can prove that you cause those things to come about, but that's not the point, is it? No, no it's, it's not. not. It's, it's not, not the point. You know, like, whether you take credit or not for that doesn't matter. You know what? You everything that can happen when people look at magic is going to be a coincidence. Now, a story I'd like to quickly share. <clears throat> Go for it. Years and years ago, uh, I sat down and I thought I put a glass down on the coffee table in front of me, and I decided I was going to break this glass with my mind and not by headbutting. But by just the, the, my will, and I try. I sat there for a half hour, maybe even longer, trying and trying and trying and trying to crack this glass. Anyway, I gave up, thought, fuck it, I'm going to bed. The next morning, I, I get up, go into the kitchen, and this glass is broken in half. Why? Because my girlfriend had picked it up in the morning, gone, taken it out, accidentally dropped it into the kitchen sink and broke it. (laughs) Now, so now my, you know what, coincidence or not, I willed for something to happen. And no, it didn't split in front of me. I'm not part of the um, (laughs) X-Men Avengers. Uh, (laughs) But the point is that, you know, and I'm not, I'm saying that, you know what, maybe it is coincidence. I mean, we've got to call it coincidence. But the fact is, I, I willed for a certain <clears throat> thing to happen. And it happened by a means that, you know, it's, it's, it is a bit of an interesting coincidence for it sure. Um, and, and from the curse perspective as well, um, I've done that a couple of times seriously and had the results that 
were intended. And so, uh, actually, I'd like to ask you a question, Spills. Not if, but when the curse comes to absolute fruition, absolute conclusion, are you going to be ecstatic about that? How are you going to, are you going to be relieved? I don't even, I do, in all honesty, I don't care. And because, because it's, <clears throat> because... You've already got me what you want out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yep, and to he, me... It was done months ago when I went through the ritual. And you know what? What you have just given the listeners there is the absolute answer to how this works. They, if they want to read between the lines, and that's pretty, pretty obvious, but that is the answer to how this works. So you couldn't have answered better. Cool. There we go. Start Bit of a sidetrack. Start off on a dark note. Well, well I was going to just bring it back to what started this. Counter protections and stuff from curses say, say these people in my house thought it was a curse or whatever. Yeah. They put this out. Would it, is their belief in the counter protection just as important as the belief in sending out the curse in the first place? Yes. It has to be like you have to you have to know that this counter protection is going to work when you've put it in the ground or when you've done another ritual. It's happened once yes. you've done it. So just as important. Yes, Ab- absolutely. Um, you know, one way to look at things, though it's a bit of a, an odd analogy that I'm trying to come up with off the top of my head. Um, Spills decides he's going to curse you. Oh, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> and, Thanks, and so he hires a hitman. <clears throat> Okay. Cursed by lead. Uh, but, but, but the point is that he has made, he has made a choice that has put a, created a path that is going to cause problems for you. A hitman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, how are you going... If you do nothing and just want to, you know, uh, wave some sage through your house or whatever, it, it ain't going to do a great deal. Well, you need, physical light, right? You're going to need to take as serious an action ah, as Spills gotcha. did to be able to stop this from happening. I need a hitman for the hitman. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's like if you make if you cast a spell and you want money, you've got to take the steps to enable that to come into your life. Yes, but... You're saying the same with the curse. You would need to counter that in just as serious a way as it's created. So you would need to enable steps to stop that hitman or whatever that curse is from. It might be that the hitman says, listen, I was willing to to off Ash for 50 bucks. Nice. And then you say, you know what? I'll give you... 55 bucks to <laughs> not out off me. I don't have and the cash to double it. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's an example. You need to create, you know, you would need to take as, this as serious an action as Spills had created. You need to create, to, would need to have as serious an action yeah. or more. Which in response, if you, if you were to hire the hit, a hit, no, hitman yourself as a form of protection in your analogy, then that's setting up a path to your own protection exactly. from the curse or the will of the other party. And, and the disclaimer here is that the 50 and $55 amounts are not a, an indication of Ash's net worth. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're... They're an grass- exaggeration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, shit. There you go. What, what started off as just what's happening while we turn into a, a bit of a discussion on curses. Do you know, I want to really revisit curses and some other stuff in a dedicated full episode of stuff. And, you know, there, there is a second podcast show that is in the planning, which such discussion would be perfect on. And 
We'll talk about that after the show and then let the people in on it another time. And and you know what? Meanwhile, again, invite. I think we need to invite the listeners to ask questions, throw their yeah. two cents worth. Uh, have you cursed this. someone? Have they cursed someone? Have they been cursed? Would they you know, like more info? Well, would you pay more than 50 bucks to uh, off Ash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, wouldn't you be looking for the cheapest contractors? <laughs> That's How mean. low will you go? Yeah. Hell, yeah. Damn. Um, but you know what? I think it's a. I, I, I agree. It's um, an area that warrants a lot more discussion. Uh, but uh, again, that's a topic. It like, gets a, a lot deeper again. Yeah, psychology of the paranormal. I think. I think that's a whole season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get onto the the listeners' question that we were asked for this week, um, remember last week we were talking about the Watcher, the, yes. that that house, and the, the people had well, they hadn't even fully moved in. They purchased property and they were getting the letters. Okay, we have some news. Hollywood <laughs> is eyeing it very closely. Apparently, now we we said last week we said this is you definitely did. the movie, the directors, Hollywood producers. They're gonna be all over this thing. This is. Perfect for a horror movie. Well, they have been. Hollywood's looking very closely. Uh, director James Wan, um, he's looking at it. He's done a lot of horror movies. He wants to turn this into something. You know what? Yeah. Does that okay? Let's say before the, before what I just told you, you believe that there was something. You might believe there was something happening at this house. This watcher was either murderous, crazed, full, or something paranormal. Whatever. Once you hear that some directors are interested in turning a movie, does that do you automatically find it loses integrity in your mind the second yeah, no. you hear Hollywood's interested, even though they might not have had anything to do with the the activities well, at the house? You know what? I don't, and the reason is Hollywood right now is that they know scare movies have value, and right now anything that happens in the real world that could have some scare value, they're going to jump on like like vultures. And do what they can with that to uh, to make their money. So you know, there's just as much chance that uh, that they are finding something and just trying to cash in on it, as opposed to they have potentially created something to cash in on it. So to me, it makes no difference. It again, I would look for the facts behind what's really going on first. To me, as soon as Ash told me about that. I was bang money making scheme. <laughs> you reckon the owners, lawyers or someone? The own, I reckon the owners, not Hollywood, but the owners have gone. Ah, oh, maybe we can come up with a bit of a scheme. We need more money, hmm. and bang. For maybe that, that, it money. could be for the owners. So, not, so you're saying it's not Hollywood? It's the the owners that could put be the story the out there just to. And, but again, if there is evidence of previous owners doing that. Like, though you know what? If there is evidence of previous owners doing that, then why, why cash in on it yourself? Do you want me to start sending you some le- and your wife some yeah, but letters? See, why, why aren't the previous... <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? So there's, there's been this family... Or, you know, these owners, new owners in the media about this new... But the old owners haven't come forth and said anything? Not from what I've seen. Um, I haven't really looked. I've just seen it in the headlines. And had a quick look at that Hollywood thing. But look, if director James Wan or Hollywood want a story... Let me pitch to you which jar. <laughs> <laughs> In a suburban home, some guys, the neighbor's dog digs up some random crap from a hole. <laughs> the witch jar. <laughs> the witch jar. Yeah, but I, I just thought it was interesting. We said, you know, I bet you this is going to turn on a movie and it looks like it's going to be a bloody movie. 
<laughs> you watch and six months there will be witch jar. <laughs> While we're on the topic of movies, I saw the late or the new remake of Poltergeist. Oh, did you? Yeah, I didn't think too much of it though. I got to ask. I gotta... I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts, but well, okay. yeah, shit. it's no real spoiler alerts. It, uh, how close is it to the original? Look, is it a mirror? Just a remake? There are some similarities. Yeah, look, pretty much mirrored. Certain things have changed, but. Nowhere near as intense as the first one. Does it have like the weird scenes, you know, like the chairs stacked up and all no. that? No. 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 They've done away with that. They, they, those that are some iconic best. scenes. That was awesome. Far out. So There's one was... stupid scene where, spoiler alert, so if you're going to watch the movie and you don't want to hear it, block your ears. All right. But, <laughs> Brett's you know, I think it was in the fir- or in, in the original, the Spoons Band. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And... There's one scene where the little girl's eating breakfast and the spoon's bent in her hand. But that's it. It just shows a bent spoon. There's no focus around it. The parents don't notice it. It just shows a bent spoon. Okay. That's it. You know, there's no... That might just be building up. Was this early on in the piece? It was, but there was... It was just like a cut scene to a bent spoon and that was it. There was nothing <laughs> around it. Up nothing. That, it was pretty... Yeah, See, the, the, you know what? It's, it's stuff like the, uh, the chairs all stacked up got me interested in the paranormal to begin with that Uh, was wicked that's what I wanted to I wanted to be going into people's homes and seeing chairs stacked up like that I wanted to see stuff flying around dude I still want to see that I want to see shit get thrown at me I I want to know if any (laughs) (laughs) sorry you better explain just got just got fucking knocked (laughs) on the table I know for some reason Brett decided to throw some keys and basically clear the table of all its contents he didn't clarify what he wanted thrown or by whom (laughs) (laughs) The original Poltergeist movie was meant to have had like a curse attached to it. A it lot was. of the stars. Really? I didn't know. That. Didn't you know? Well, the little girl from little it. Little girl. She, she died. She, um, the, the older sister. She was like murdered by by her boyfriend later on. A bunch of really weird yeah, stuff happened had. on and off set. I'm wondering if they had any of that happening. Now, of course, it could just be you know overactive imaginations, but I like to think there might have been something to it. And there's all these legends like real human remains were used in a lot of those skeletons okay. because it was cheaper to buy than plastic skeletons were at the time because yeah, you well. get like a full skeleton from India for like a half the price of plastic anatomically correct skeletons at the time so I hope none of the cast die but it'd be interesting if any stories come out about I'll tell you what does look good the new paranormal activity do you know what do you know what I, I really, really I don't like done... about that trade it's just so fucking so obvious it's made for 3D. In that trailer, you just tell the bits which are going to jump out. It's cool, I've got a 3D TV at home, so... Okay, good question. <clears throat> now, I, I've only seen Paranormal Activity number one. I okay. haven't seen any others. Should I? No. I was only like... My, I wasn't really impressed. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know what? Yeah, okay. If you nice. just want to see how they stretch the story to bring in more things and how they kind of recall back to the original one, how there's prequels and sequels, it is interesting, but I think the movie... I found, found that, aside from the first one, all of the paranormal activities were pretty good up until like that last five-minute block where they show what's happening, like the big reveal. Yeah, yeah. They always fucking ruin it at that point. It's usually disappointing. But leading up to that, it's the usual stuff. You've kind of got like the surveillance cameras and the security cameras. And they do some really interesting things, like the one that was set in like the 80s. Um, the guy had his camcorder set up on a fan base so that it could yeah. and cover wide areas. So they do some really cool stuff like that. Uh, one of them had the, the Xbox Connect thing in it, and a lot of people yeah. have taken that yeah. on board. Uh, yeah, it is interesting. But what I have read is 
movies beyond this one probably might not be movies, but they might be more immersive virtual reality or augmented reality type games. Be cool. Yeah, I, I think that that's the next, the next step because people need to be immersed and they want to feel part <clears> of it. Yeah, and if you can do that, and you look at it as an example um, of how people or how people are starting to do that, and I'll uh, use an example of the Avengers, obviously. <laughs> um, but Samsung, with their virtual reality headset, have created a an, a, an Avengers uh, immersive experience that you can be inside the you know Stark Tower or Avengers Tower and look around. You're part of some battle and some stuff that's happening inside as robots are attacking, so you can feel as though you're there. Okay. Um, and that was all put out as part of you know the move the movie release. So the idea is that they're trying they're starting to try to bring people into movies. That and I think we might cool. actually see <laughs> that. And you know there are a number of games that are from the horror experience. Um, I've seen some people on Kickstarter trying to uh, get a game out there. If I could think of their name, I'd totally plug them for it. Which one? Which game? I don't. I just said I can't oh, think okay. of that name. Well, it was the one that you use your phone. Yes. And you'll be able to see. I've seen It uses that. your house and so, it will bring stuff up yeah, in front of you. You're basically walking through your house. You have your lights off at low. You're looking through your phone. So you've got the grainy kind of greenish footage. Okay. But then at points they're going to have... You'll have your earphones in so then you can hear sounds coming. So it kind of knows where you are from a central location so it can bring noises in. Obviously it doesn't know loud if you're home. Yeah, yeah. But as you're walking around corners and stuff, it can still agitate and stuff. And you can have ghosts coming out at you. That's you can pretty see cool. things running down the hall in cool. your mind. Now, when you look at the technology of the Microsoft HoloLens, mm-hmm. HoloLens I don't know if you've seen no. that. You've got to check it out because it's it, what it does is it allows you to still see everything that you are. But it builds and projects um, uh, animations or whatever it might be into your reality okay. from the table. You're to, goggles. You, so, okay, just imagine 3D artsy, like you're really playing it on here on the table right now, just yeah. by putting glasses on. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Actually, speaking of holo- well, like, uh, holograms and those sorts of things, I read an article today. Uh, they projected the first uh, laser hologram onto clouds. Yes. Yeah. A galloping horse. Looked pretty insane too. Yeah. Some scientists in a... I've actually got it. British city of Nottingham. A green ghost rider appeared to be kind of galloping across the sky. And and what it actually was, were scientists um, basically projecting a a laser image onto some some clouds. Mm. Um, The... I had no idea our conversation was going to bring us to this like this. The reason why I had this up was the thinking of uh, the different types of advertising and the, the, the future fraudulent behaviours and stuff that people can utilise this kind of technology for. But it's interesting to say that we're going to become more immersive. Imagine if you could walk into a building, a haunted house set up, and they're using laser holograms, or even better, using goggles and augmented reality. It's one thing... Being in your home and like I said that um, what was that Hololens Hololens that's where they have that Minecraft demo and stuff, yeah yeah, yeah that's it um, yeah one thing doing that in your own house in your own home seeing a game played or maybe projecting ghosts or whatever but imagine going into a haunted location and having that technology as well for tours and that. imagine if you could you're guaranteed ghosts they're not real ghosts but they're they're animations and projections that you can ah uh, see I, I see past that imagine that the uh, those lenses that hollow lens that you could be wearing are also integrated with um, multi-spectral imaging devices. Uh-huh. So you could you'll be able to in real time 
see what's going on in IRC. That's like 13 see, Ghosts. Yeah. Do you remember that movie? Yes, I, I don't remember it. It's pretty good. But cool. to be able to see the other things that are happening outside of the visible light spectrum in real time from your point of view, wherever you look, that's going to be, you know, well, it might be 15, 20 years from now, it might be longer, but that is going to be fantastic. So... So seeing full spectrum... Seeing... Well, you know what? Well, you you can't say full I, spectrum. It'd be multi-spectrum. Yeah, the only problem I have with that... Well, the full spectrum that the ghost hunting gear sells it as anyway. The yeah. only problem I have with that is full spectrum's not guaranteed to work anyway. Now I'm going to go out and buy a $400 fucking headset to use something that's not proof of work anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> but will you still buy it? Yes. But, but you I know mean, what? If, if I could use it in a game... Look, I don't buy hardly any equipment I, for investigating anymore because... Again, well, you're not an investigator. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's but that's where I see that would be interesting. If if down the track there was some level of um, idea of what part of the spectrum the energies might exist that we don't understand, to be able to see that in real time would just be <clears throat> sensational. Do you know the easy way to find out which spectrums work? Go to any equipment place that sells ghost equipment. They'll tell you that the spectrums they work in work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there you go. But, but yeah, it's just interesting technology and and I think I think paranormal entertainment and I like I, I have no problem with paranormal entertainment as long as it's defined as that ahead of time. I think I think there's going to be some exciting stuff coming up for it. That, that's these the thing the 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 fear that we've we spoke about how there's an interest in fear past paranormal into the occult. We've spoken about uh, just a few moments ago that Spills and I said we wanted to see stuff thrown at us, which Spills just experienced. I experienced <laughs> it after thirty, very three uh, after twenty five years. <laughs> I mean, it might have been me throwing my keys at you, but. Uh, <laughs> But that's what the loud bang was before. But um, the the thing is, people want to have that immersive experience and they want to have that fear. And if it's going to be paranormal entertainment that gives us that, you know, th- you know, this this reminds me of the uh, that TV series Firefly, where where they're still talking about aliens in the same way we are today, even though it can be in- thousands of years of the future, and they're still talking about alien conspiracies and do aliens really exist? But you know, the you know, rest of life has progressed, but the same. Uh, superstitions have remained mm. and maybe that's going to be the case with the paranormal. What's going to be interesting is that there's going to be a lot of people resistant to this stuff because there's a lot of people that say out there anything that comes into being that can help someone fraudulently put out a paranormal experience is bad for the paranormal field and community and that's because people don't a lot of people don't make that dis- distinction between entertainment and fact Well you know what, Let's look to, if we look to science right now that um, you know what? Some people fake uh, scientific results and put them out there, but the point is that the they need to be replicated by other scientists yeah. independently. And so, from a fraudulent <coughs> point of view, <coughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> exactly. You know what? As, as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned, you know what? Go for it with paranormal entertainment. Oh, absolutely. If people are stupid enough to fucking believe claims that, no, these goggles are going to let you see real ghosts... Oh, don't you understand? It, we're here to protect people from the yeah, facts. Yeah, well, As th- thank you very fucking much. That's our job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're being whimsical. But, you know what? <laughs> Fluttering my fingers as I at, talk. At, at the same time as all of that exists, there needs to be separate to that 
true scientific investigation. And if true scientific investigation is showing nothing or showing very little, then you know what? It, it just shows that the paranormal entertainment is paranormal entertainment. It just, it, I think that science will always will be able to trump and say, hey, this is what we know. Paranormal entertainment is going to be very, very different based than that. Mm. It's going to be about money making. And I do at the end of the day, if you just had fun with the whole lot, it doesn't really matter. Exactly right. If you're enjoying it, well, you're enjoying that's what it. That's why we're here. That's why we're sitting here at this exactly. table now. We're enjoy- we enjoy it. We're, we're definitely not doing it because we have to. I don't think anyone particularly wants to be here in three degrees. <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying it. I enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoy it. Uh, all right. Question. Damien from Newcastle has asked us, how can we investigators do better EVP sessions? There's no, the, the problem with that question is I don't know the EVP sessions and how he runs them. Yeah. But I guess the way we can tackle this is what what would be the best way, and we can't. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think we could do a whole show just on EVPs. But at the moment, people are going into a location. Let's assume he's doing the typical type of thing people are doing. They're going to a location. They're dumping a cheap voice recorder down on the ground. Yep. Maybe next one, maybe sitting on their lap. They're asking questions. They're leaving the thing running for eight hours. Once they've gone, they're coming back in. They're going home, they're reviewing, and they're hearing all this weird stuff and posting them as EVPs. How can that be improved on it? Look, straight up. I think, and Brett, Brett would be aware of this, the way we used to run EVP sessions. You know, we used to have a camera on us at all times yep. to cross-reference <laughs> with, with the voice recorder. No one ever held the voice recorder. It would always be put down. And... You know, remembering things like if you do cough and, and any noise, the problem with digital recording is the slightest, it picks up the slightest noise. And that's, and it could be from a stomach rumble to, you know, a, a whistle in your nose or clothing, the type of clothing you're wearing. It can all be picked up on that recorder and, and that's the problem, you know, so hence why you have a video going at all times. Um, <laughs> I've been in situations, and especially when I was at the Adelaide Jail, I used to put the voice recorder down and leave it there for, you know, while we went on the tour for two, three hours. I think in that situation, I knew no one was going to be in the vicinity of that voice recorder. So you guys be the only ones. Yeah, on yeah, the definitely. So, you know, in that situation, but I think where you're going to leave a recorder where there's potentially possibility of someone else contaminating that, there's no point. That's my thoughts anyway. I guess let's just add to that because you really answered that well. Um, is the uh, it, it depends in which context you're looking, or what results you're looking for. If you're looking for sounds you can't explain, things like that, that's one thing. If it's in response to, you know, an EVP session is in response to questions. So you're looking for something verbal to come out on the EVP. <coughs> the, uh, the best thing, in addition to everything Spills has said, is to have a second recorder nearby. Reason being, if you have two recorders in a reasonably close vicinity and one of them has a voice on there but the other doesn't, but should have if there was someone talking, someone external that not on, that's not on camera, well, that, that's really of interest. Why is it on one recorder but not the other? Mm. Um, if it's on both recorders, then maybe you'd, you know, you've got to be a bit more sceptical 
to that, but uh, that, that would be my only suggestion because it's really hard to add to Spill's <clears throat> list. I think the other thing you could do if you can afford it, get as high a quality as voice record as you can. No point going out there getting those ten dollar cheap ones that you get on eBay because they're just not going to have such a Agreed. high, you know, recording frequency, etc. They're going to have a lot of things that, because of the way the resolution of the sound, so to speak, there's going to be a lot of fragments, a lot of odd sounds. It's not going to record things properly. The microphone's going to be really cheap. The other thing is a new products are lots of new products come out in the market for paranormal investigators and ghost hunters <coughs> that are meant to make your lives easier one of the ones I've seen recently was a wearable voice recorder and they're saying that this is the best thing you could have you put it on your wrist oh, it's glow in the dark and you record and it's always there I have a big problem with that. The RD2. I have a huge problem You're just, with that. Everything's moving. Yeah. I don't know what the... Can the microphone, the way it's in this plastic, can it be, you know, um, magnifying the sounds that my own wrist is yeah, making? Definitely. Your clothes rubbing on it. There's... I agree with you completely on that, but I maybe have a variation in devices. Okay. Well, if you've got a, a, a one, one recorder saying leave now and the other not, that's and they're close together... That is going to be interesting. Even if it's a cheaper recorder, maybe it's the case that um, it's because it's not shielded in the right way. Maybe it's more susceptible to electromagnetic interference. Yeah, that argument can also be that people should be carrying around tape-to-tape bloody voice recorders as well because we don't know. Maybe it has to be imprinted on the magnetic tape. Well, you know what? There's so there's a lot there's of reason stuff. to try a number. This Absolutely. is a part of the experimentation. There should be. Perhaps a variation. If you get one, if you can get an expensive recorder, do it. And there's if if cheap recorders are cheap, there's no reason to not include a couple. Oh yeah, but always have that high as a definite. Don't just rely on the low. If you're going to have wearables, wearables are good for one thing. Each team member having one that recording the entire time you're investigating, denying what they're saying, where they're saying it. You don't care about the EVP factor. It's just so that you can use them as a control, so to speak. Yeah. Just know what everyone's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you on the wearables. I was just wanting to add to the the point about the recorder. Hopefully that answers your question. That's probably the most basic things you can do. I think it's just being careful about what you're doing. And if you record, <laughs> if you do capture an EVP uh, and it's your own voice, <laughs> fucking own up to it. <laughs> it's a doppelganger. <laughs> it's a doppelganger. It's mimicking your voice. Okay, you've caught an EVP, you've got something interesting. What's the best way to present that to the world, if that was your thing? <laughs> I, th- I think with the recording, and, and again, it's hard to, unless you're there, you, you're always going to have someone that's, that's going to question, you know, and, and you can have the best evidence in the world, you can have it up there as video, and, you know, the best yeah. ghost box recording we've captured spilling <laughs> us. <laughs> I just thought I'd add that. You know? <laughs> but... You know, we've got video, we've got the audio of it. However, how do you know someone wasn't just sitting out of camera? With or, a radio device saying... Yeah. There's, you know, I know there wasn't, yeah. however. But there, therefore, you're always going to have others that there, Therefore, it's hard to present so much as evidence. Rather, hey, this is what what we caught. This is what we got on it. Yeah. You know, do you I'm think this is cool? Out. You know, I, I think that this is where, again, we need to have... In, in any scientific discipline, you've got, you have standards. There are no standards here. There are no standards as to how information yeah. is 
derived, uh, captured and presented. There are no standards in it. People are presenting the most bullshit of things as being evidence for things. So I think that people need to realise, no, they don't have evidence. There's no evidence of anything. Do you know what? Well, that's why I said, if you record your own voice, I've actually heard evidence, right? EVP evidence, and I'll, I've put my fingers up as... Quotes. Quotes. Um, where the person that's captured that EVP, they've been there, you know, they've said to me, listen to this. I've listened to it, and it's their voice. I can hear <laughs> their voice. And I've even said to them, dude, it's your voice. No, it's not. That's not me. And I'm like, it's your voice. I can hear the EVP. I can hear them. <laughs> and it's their voice. So that's what, you know, it's things like that that... That separates me. That annoys me. There are too many people that have no integrity that happen to be. Uh, you know what? In the paranormal community, people more are more interested in gaining attention mm-hmm. than serious. Oh, I completely agree. C- uh, collection of data, and that's part of the problem. People just they want that. They want to be the ones that people are looking at, and it's an e- easy thing that they can fake right now. Yeah. Anyone can fake an EVP, anyone can fake a, a shadow person walking through a corridor on video. Anyone can do those things. Yeah. But you like can't a, fake a fire goes. extinguisher. <laughs> Is there an episode where we haven't but haven't haven't touched on that? A couple. I think there's been a couple of episodes. Yeah, we've got a bit slack, we need to catch oh, up on anyway. For anyone that doesn't know the fire extinguisher story, check out episode one. Was that episode one? Yeah, I'm it? pretty sure it was. <laughs> Apologise for our language back then. Quite <laughs> a bit raw. I know. <laughs> articles to discuss. You know what? We've only got approximately five minutes to discuss four articles. So I'm only going to choose one. And I'm going to choose the one you brought up, Spills, because I think that's the most interesting one to, the, to discuss right now. We might save okay. one of those other ones for next week that I really want to talk about. Spills. You, you, you're the one okay. that pointed it out to me. Well, an article popped up on my news feed about a, an exorcism in South America. And it was a, well, the, the, I don't know whether you want to say priest or the person performing the exorcism, removed a rat from the person's stomach. Um, so I took, took this article to Ash and I said, oh, what do you think about this? Something that I've never heard of was psychic... Surgery? Uh, it's not really it called psychic surgery, but you can okay. call it psychic surgery. It's a type of faith healing. It's okay, miracles. So, it's so a bit of background on this. Apparently, people perform surgery without actually opening someone up. They can remove the the tumours and, ob, I don't know, objects, whatever, from actually placing their hand, almost like a, how do you explain it? I know it, it, it's basically it's an invasive surgery procedure without actually cutting the skin or damaging any of the inside. So that's what they're claiming. So anyway, then Ash sort of said, "Oh, this has been happening for years. It's almost a, a sleight of hand, magician type mm. illusion." So I checked out a couple of more videos, and sure enough, yeah, it it, it, it it's like a load of shit. <laughs> What's happening, and I can't remember exactly where this was. This was South America, but a lot of it happens in the Philippines, a lot of, a lot of those, those countries. And what's happening is they make this claim that they can perform surgery miracles without opening you. They can, if you go to them with cancer, terminal cancer, they'll say, we can cure that. 
Yeah. And, and, and t- they'll pull it from pretty much any, any soft part of your body, but typically the stomach. So what people are doing is, they, okay, say you've got, you've got cancer, terminal cancer, you've only got months to live, you're feeling rough, you're on your last legs, you've done all the chemo, you've done all the radiation, you've tried eating just fruit and vegetables, you've tried all the alternative theories that you can think of, it's not working, the tumor's progressing, you're going to die, you obviously still want to live. So, you, so then you go, stuff, I'm going to spend thousands of dollars to fly internationally overseas, then pay to go to this, typically watch, which is just a, a tent in the middle of either a busy suburb or out bush somewhere. You go see one of their, their surgeons, you lay down on the table, you pay the money, they do their thing on your stomach, and, and for, you know, it looks pretty convincing, like this, this video does. They're pulling out tumors. They're pulling out bits of blood. They're pulling out dark. Sometimes I might just start pulling out random feathers and crap, all sorts of stuff. And then they're telling you, that's it. We've you're removed cured. the tumor. You're cured. You go home and die. In my opinion, these guys are the worst of the worst. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And like, psychics, and I, they're going to hate us wrapping them together. But if you're going to see a, a, a reader or saying a psychic and say... Who am I going to meet? Who am I going to marry? What's my financial position? What should I do? And they give you advice and they're fraudulent. That's pretty disgusting. But at the end of the day, all that person has lost is maybe a couple hundred bucks for that reading. Yeah. These people putting their lives in these people's hands are the last ditch effort to, to save survive, them, yeah. to survive. And they're taking the money, send them home, and they're, and they're dying. There's a really poignant scene in a movie called Man on the Moon. It was a Jim Carrey film. It was a movie about Andy Kaufman, very famous comedian, back in the 70s, maybe early 80s. And he got cancer. And, and he, in the movie at least, they showed him going to, probably was the Philippines to get this done. He, Jim Carrey's laying down there. He's got his head shaved. He looks sick. You know, he's on his last legs of cancer. And he's laying there and they're pulling out the tumours out of him. And he looks down and he could see that the person that was doing it, their hand slipped. And he could see that the tumour, you know, this jelloey substance was already held in his okay. hand. And he's a comedian that has, his entire life was basically pranking and fooling people. And the, the scene that's really, really poignant is he just lays back and he's laughing. And then it slowly just fades it to just him dead in the coffin. Yeah, well, exactly what okay. happens. We showed you this today, Brett. I've just talked a whole bunch. <laughs> Well, I was just listening to your story there and, you know, some of these people, you know, preying on that, yeah, they are the uh, the lowest of the low, when it, you know, and, and I guess we shouldn't bundle them in with no. other people that offer some type of psychic services. So, you know, whilst there are a lot of fraudulent people there, we'll just leave them in a different okay. category. <laughs> but um, in some ways, and to, and to play again devil's advocate, someone having a little bit of hope for that last part of their life is not necessarily the worst thing. Uh, I think what these people are doing is obviously wrong, but giving people hope, as long as it's not at too much an ex, too much expense monetarily, but more importantly, expense regarding time with their family, time with loved ones. Dude, if I was touch wood, if I had cancer <laughs> and that was my last bit of hope, I'd be spending thousands to go to South America, get on ayahuasca, not go to the Philippines and get <laughs> and yeah. rats pulled from my stomach. But, but you know, and, and the, but that that hope might be you know we talked we we touched on curses the before, ritual yeah, yeah this symbolism 
the power of intent behind that? What if you were able to just harness some of that hope? And even though a psychic surgery may be full of shit, what if potentially it was able to just create just enough change? Don't condone it. Don't do it. It's full of shit is what I'm saying. <laughs> just, I, I I'm was... laying the line down there with me. You guys can yeah, play yeah. devil advocate, but it's oh, yeah. full of shit. It's horrible. It and... is. No, fuck I, it. I, it is full of shit. I'm just saying that the hope that people may be able to take from something yeah, can be a value. I That's guess, my point. I guess what's malice in this is the fact that you're going to someone who claims that they can cure your cancer. They're going to. You know, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, this is, I am going to cure your cancer. You will live. And then the, the, the <laughs> act that they're performing is basically an illusion, you know, which then gets you thinking. Are you that, and I, I wouldn't know because I'm not at that, that stage yet, but if you're on your last legs, are you really that, do you become that vulnerable or that, I don't know, that driven to survive that you would try anything? Oh, look, there's people that, you know, in different faiths, I'll go to places where the saints are meant to perform miracles. But that's not a guarantee. That's like, you might get lucky. You might be well, blessed. You know what? There, there are some people They'll that... Probably... Lords in France. Hmm. Um, probably are pronouncing that wrong. But there are supposedly a number of miracles from people going to visit there. But if you look at the numbers of the people that visit there, yeah. statistically, they I think it is meant to match... Yeah. What you know? Um, what you would expect for people to have? Yeah, okay. You know, from uh, just changes in their I think, health. Anyway, I think the difference is that I'm not religious, so I don't believe in the Lord's miracle myself. I don't know who at this table would, and I also don't believe that this surgery stuff's going to work. But the difference is, at least the miracle—they're not saying you will be cured. There's a chance that God well, or whoever might look <clears throat> down at you. These people are saying, you, know "You come here, you pay." That's it. It's a transaction. You're healed. Well, you know what? I think that there's a, a different way that people should and could look uh, in regards to, you know, if there is an issue like this. Now, modern medicine is, you know, what, 100 years old. When we compare that to Eastern medicine, so what's happening in China, um, it's thousands of years old. Now, the when President Nixon... When he visited China, because China, for, for the first time, opened its gates to the West, he visited and they said, come and look at what we're doing with surgery. Mm. And he, he, they showed people having open heart surgery. And he said, well, so we're doing that in the US. What's so different? And he said, well, these people are under no anesthesia. They were just using acupuncture as a means to block the nerves, <clears throat> their understanding of energy that they refer to as chi. Yeah. And they were that people were having open heart surgery with acupuncture yeah. instead of anesthesia. Yeah. So, you know, rather than faith healers, psychic healers, I'd be <clears> saying <throat> if you've run out of options in Western medicine, then you should always explore that. <laughs> but you could concurrently or as a last resort, you'd be better to look to alternative medicine, not based on faith or anything but something based on a few thousand years would hold a bit more weight yeah. than someone I'm so glad for that direction I thought I was going to I thought I was going to have to say so what are you saying Brad that in a hundred t- years time will understand this <laughs> this understand illusion that, more and that no, this illusion yeah, well, is actually performing miracles yeah, yeah. I thought that's where you are going, going no, no way my, my point is that, that <laughs> there's still a lot to Eastern medicine that 
is not necessarily understood, but there's still a lot of strong belief behind that. And the you know, if you look at what acupuncture still even in Western society can achieve for people, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and why? Well, we still don't really understand that. Maybe there is more that can be done and understood from an Eastern perspective. And so I think that's a path people should consider before any I just, of this fake bullshit. I just think of it fucking works. Call it medicine. Drop the alternative. Well, they're, they're actually looking now. They're calling it integrative medicine. And no, some GPs another, are looking at... Just another name for it. Is oh, it? no, they're saying, well, some GPs will say, well, you know what? There's a time for modern medicine. But there are also things that should be perhaps treated with uh, Eastern or alternative was it, hang on, it's the original medicine so was it called alternative medicine <laughs> alternative medicine was around before what we classify as thousands of years modern medicine these days <laughs> well, so that's, it was. that's it thousands of years and the stuff that works we've taken in yeah and you know if you so if you look at the history of you know where the a lot of eastern medicine is very much tied in with chi energy uh, which it does that actually does relate back to paranormal discussions in many other ways that you could probably read between the lines. But that chi energy and being able to manipulate that through acupuncture or other ways, can that have different impacts uh, on the body? Well, you know, a lot of people would argue that it can, but there's a lot to to explore there that we don't understand. But as you're saying, chi energy just might be a very natural principle we just don't understand yet. And when we do understand it, it will be just as... Just as common and just as not about as blood flow. It won't be this mystical thing anymore. Well, you know, a great example. Years ago, many, many years ago, um, I dated a naturopath. And I learned from her that this uh, type of, uh, this medicine or this, uh, sorry, this plant had this effect. And I I knew this for years. And then I remember seeing in the news, scientists have just discovered this plant does this. (laughs) I can't remember what plant and what effect it was. I'm thinking, hang on, I knew that for fucking years. They're using discovered wrong, they should say prove. (laughs) Prove should be the way it is. It should be, but, you know, that's where we do need to understand that, you know, what modern medicine has some of the answers. There are other answers we have yet to find from, you know, different cultures, but I, I think we need to rule out faith healers, mm-hmm. psychic healers, oh, sure. rule out any of that bullshit and, you know, just focus on where there is actual experience and evidence. Absolutely. And back to the rat. Oh, God. There's, there's no way in the future that this will be accepted as medicine. This no is way. just a pure fraud. But... The symbology of is the rat very symbolic? Like, if you were to, to being supposedly possessed by the devil and they were to exercise and take a... Is there anything symbolic about removing a rat? Just that rats are dark and filthy and are meant to be. I think that's just a... Uh, there's no symbolic there. It's just a, hey, this is something shocking. I've heard of gerbils being removed from people. But... <laughs> you reckon the guy's like, boss, pass me that dead rat. <laughs> this will look good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do we got laying, laying around? Well, we used the gerbil the other night, so uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, how, there's touching on our past, you know, there we past go. approach on things. But um, you know, I think it, that's just again for shock value, nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, that we could we all agree that that's uh, just a sham. But that particular video, anyway. Uh, look, if you guys have seen any. 
videos along those lines that you think are more authentic, absolutely send them in. We'd love to have a look. Now, we've absolutely run out of time. We've gone over time. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to tackle all the the news stories that we wanted to. I might hold some of the more interesting ones for next week, unless, of course, we gave them more interesting ones. But if you guys would like to comment on this show, throw your hat in the ring, give us your opinion on some of the things we've talked about tonight, you can do so by going to theparanormalguide.com slash podcast. (laughs) And it'll be under episode um, nine. Episode nine is the one you're, you're listening to right now. So absolutely, leave us your opinion on... Curses and hexes. Have you been cursed? Have you cursed someone? Have you used any form of counterprotective type measures? What else did we discuss? Paranormal entertainment. Do you like the like the way things are going? Uh, have you seen the latest Poltergeist movie? What did you think about it? Why am I articulating with my hands? Do do do. And of course, uh, that psychic surgery uh, video. Tell us what you think about it. What you think about the people that practice it. Would you utilize something? Would you would you go in and see a person that practices these things on your last legs as a last ditch effort of hope of seeing yourself get a bit more time out of your life? And that's about it. That's pretty much it. No one guessed how many Mentos I ate last week. They didn't. What was your last... Seven. Seven. That was it. Was it? I think someone guessed 14. That was the lowest. What was with that effort? Just... Just... We ran out, didn't we? I was going to say, let's get people guessing again this week because we've run out. But you just fucked that up. (laughs) I can cut anything up. I can cut anything. Leave it in in because it's funny. (laughs) Do, do, Do we want to have a guess or leave that in? Yeah, you know what? Just... We'll leave it in, and if you want to guess, <laughs> go, go for guess it. How what? many Mentos I ate this week? Spills is going to write a random number from 1 to 50 on the board. Either <laughs> is hypothetical Mentos eating How many for this I, week. I would have gone through a few tonight, I think. Yeah, well, you, you probably haven't withdrawal since you only had I seven have, last you know. time. So have a guess anyway. If you guess the, the, the number that Spills will write up on the board, we'll, we'll, we'll send you out. You won't get a Mentos. A Mint. A mint, sorry. We're not oh, mint. That's right. mint. It's the mint. Correct. Uh, just call it Mintos. You might so. get something else in the mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, just, some, some bones and stuff in a half broken jar. There's an idea. No, because then Hollywood would be looking at them and they'll get the fucking the, the contract and deal. Good idea. All right. Now, until next time. Adios. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you. Later, people. Excellent. Go.